Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. Around the world, the over 2 billion reach that I have, meaning that it is very possible, God willing, for me to, to reach over 2 billion people over the Internet. Of course, it would take a God, (laughs) for that to happen. I'm fully aware of that. However, I know that God is uh, using me and a few others to, to reach people around the world with the true Jewish gospel of the kingdom of Yah, or God. Yah is short for God in Hebrew. So, this program today is going to be very interesting. It's going to be about heaven. Uh, Revelation chapter 4 gives us an idea of what heaven looks like and and what's in heaven. We're going to go to other scriptures too. But this is going to be a basic teaching about heaven. I know there's books written. There's going to be a movie coming out by a little kid having a dream, going to heaven and all that. So, but we're going to take a look at what the Bible says. Uh, Again, we're, I gave a Bible study yesterday at the local congregation that I attend in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I was saying that people today, they're so wrapped up in entertainment, so wrapped up in the world and and what they see and so forth and um, people that have um, churches and and ministers and so forth they realize that and so what they try to do is combine worldly elements with um, the Bible hoping to draw them and I understand what they're doing but as I preached the other day in Romans chapter 10 let's uh, let's go there Romans chapter 10 Actually, I didn't quote the scripture. I should have, but uh, I'm going to quote it here on this program. Uh, Romans chapter 10. Just in the Amplified Version of the Bible, which it amplifies the King James Version. It is also a word-from-word translation, but it does bring out the, the, uh, the Greek and also the Hebraic meaning of the scriptures. Uh, Romans 10, verse 14, in the Amplified Version of the Bible. But how are people to call upon him whom they have not believed? 
and this is a, a prophetic scripture because if you go to joshuaprojectnet.com, you'll see that there's been over um, 2 billion people that have never heard of the name of Jesus. I'm going to the website now. You can go with me if you want as I speak. JoshuaProject.net. JoshuaProject.net. Again, JoshuaProject.net. Now, you know, Joshua was the righteous man that uh, took over uh, from Moses. And I'm reading these statistics right now. Actually, it's almost gotten up to 3 billion people. It says total people group 16,825 unreached people group 7,287 uh, percentage of people groups unreached 43.3% the world population the world population is at 7.13 billion people population in unreached groups 2.91 billion almost 3 billion people almost 3 billion people have never heard of the name of Jesus and yet we get these people saying that they've preached the gospel around the world or they're trying to preach the gospel around the world. And I tell you, a lot of these 2.9 billion people or 3 billion people do not have access to a PC. So the percentage of population in unreached is 40.7%. So population in unreached groups 2.91 billion people that is the figure to really look at there that's that's almost 3 billion people that have never heard of the name of Jesus so you know th th this is uh, significant ladies and gentlemen this is a uh, very significant and we need to ask ourselves who who's going to reach all these people with the truth with the true gospel of the world well uh, gospel of the kingdom of God <laughs> well we, we know that it's going to happen because the Bible prophesied that it will happen that it will happen and Matthew chapter 24 states that it will happen Matthew chapter 24 in, in these end times in this 21st century Matthew 24, verse 14, and this good news of the kingdom, this good news, the good news he's preached out of the Bible, not what people fabricate and, and uh, conjure up. Matthew 24, verse 14, and this good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Testimony is the same as witness. And then will come the end. So that's a promise from the Lord that this gospel, as it was in the first century, will be preached again around the world to over 7 billion people. So that that's a promise from him that this gospel will be preached around the world. But this is a good website to to look at and, and to realize the tremendous work 
that still has to be done. Um, and then uh, when these ministers uh, that you listen to or Torah teachers say that they're reaching the whole world, they are certainly not telling you the truth, or I don't know if they're purposely not trying to tell you the truth, but they, if they are, then woe unto them, but if they just don't understand certain marketing basics uh, or facts of um, marketing reach, then forgive them. But uh, they're certainly not reaching the 3 billion people around the world, and that, and their message is not going out to 7 billion people. It's just uh, uh, if you're doing a work over the Internet, they have a reach of over 2 billion people or a marketing reach of 2 billion people. Um, but I guarantee you not every person that has access to the Internet is not listening to them, and not everyone that has access to the Internet is listening to me. That's just a potential amount of people that we have to reach. So I just want to uh, clarify that. So we need to understand those basic facts. All right, so go, going back to Revelation, not, not Revelation, Romans, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Starting in verse 14, but how are people to call upon him whom they have not believed and whom they have no faith on whom they have no reliance? This is in the Amplified Version of the Bible, Romans 10, verse 14. And how are they to believe in him and hear to trust in and rely upon him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? <clears throat> so there must be a preacher. Let's find out what that word in the Greek means. It means keruso, and it means a public crier. <laughs> a public crier. So a public crier is someone who's in the public and they're crying or they're speaking uh, in, a, in a strong way. Especially divine truth, that's what it says. So this a preacher is someone who speaks in the public divine truth. It's not someone specifically uh, what you listen to on a DVD or, or uh, yeah, this is a DVD. They're, they're DVDs now, right? CD-ROMs, whatever. So that, that's specifically a preacher. Not to say there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just that I'm just telling you uh, what this word means when I looked it up in the Greek. I understand there's cases where people can't they don't have anybody to listen to in their local area. So, yeah, I mean, you, you listen to, to me or other um, to our teachers and ministers that are speaking the truth. But that the, that the point I'm trying to make today is that you need to listen, not so much see. Romans 10, verse 15, And how shall they preach? They be sent, as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And that's what it is. It's the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. Why is it the good news of peace, ladies and gentlemen? Why is it the good news of peace? Have you ever thought of that before? Because the good news of the kingdom of God is all about peace. If you, if you look at Isaiah chapter 2, one of the reasons why the United Nations has that statue 
Isaiah chapter 2. Verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. In verse 3, and many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways. The mountain of the Lord is Mount Moriah, where the temple uh, will be rebuilt soon uh, in Jerusalem. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. For those who think, I don't know what I'm talking about in regards to the temple being built, look at uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. Continue to, to uh, pay attention to the, these verses I'm reading. And also go to the templeinstitute.org, templeinstitute.org. Again, that website is the templeinstitute.org, and you'll see that this organization, the Temple Institute is preparing to build the temple. As I'm speaking, to.org, I'm going to that website right now, it says, Welcome to the Temple Institute. And it says, Shalom, which means peace in Hebrew, and welcome to the official website of the Temple Institute in Jerusalem or Jerusalem, Israel. The Temple Institute is dedicated to every aspect of the Holy Temple of Jerusalem. And the central role it fulfilled and will once again fulfill, hallelujah, in the spiritual well-being of both Israel and all the nations of the world. The Institute's work touches upon the history of the Holy Temple's past, an understanding of the present day, and the divine promise of Israel's future. The Institute's activities include education, research, and development. The Temple Institute's ultimate goal is to see Israel rebuild the Holy Temple on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem in accord with the biblical commandments. So this is prophecy, and it will be fulfilled in our generation. Okay, so let's go back to Isaiah chapter 3. And many people, and it says that this shall come to pass in the last days, Hebraically, that means the days before the becoming of the Messiah. Verse 3, and many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, or Mount Moriah, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah. That's what law means in, in uh, Hebrew, Torah, instructions, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is really the headquarters of religion, folks. Verse 4, and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke or correct, correct, many people, which is a prophecy to indicate many people in this world of the seven billion need to be corrected. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And so they will be used for agriculture instead of, instead of uh, used to blow people up and kill people. Nation and murder people. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. There won't be any war. Neither shall they learn war anymore. That's what the gospel is about. It's about the Lord coming and establishing his government upon this earth. That is the reason why it's called the gospel of peace. All right, so let's go back to Romans chapter. And this is a prophecy as well. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. The majority in the world hasn't because they don't even know what it is. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17, so then faith 
comes by hearing. Now, does it say faith comes by seeing? No, it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do you hear? By listening to the word of God. The original Greek word for hearing is akoye, and it means the active sense of thing heard, audience, ear, fang, which he heard, hearing, preached. Okay? So faith comes by what you have heard through preaching. And how does that hearing come about? By the Word of God, the Bible, not by somebody's preconceived fabrication. So let's understand that. So let's go back. I'm going to go over some world, but I'm not going to have enough time today. Well, I can just briefly go over watch.org here. So I want to go over this chapter here about heaven. All right. Uh, what Koenig, uh, you can go to watch.org, www.watch.org, Koenig International News. It says, Region Boiling Israel Takes Up Castle Strategy. So we'll, we'll see what's happening. It says it's boiling right now. And it says, carry to unveil framework at end of month for continuation of Mideast peace talks, which, uh, again, that's bad news. As far as them trying to separate Jerusalem, I mean, officially separate it and have the Palestinians uh, create a state. So anyway, uh, it's all leading to these end-time events, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, in the remaining time that I have, uh, 11 minutes, uh, let me focus on what this uh, Bible study is about. A door open in heaven. What does heaven look like? What does God look like? Who is in heaven? Uh, I Hopefully I'm going to answer these questions today by using the Bible. So let's go to Revelation chapter 4. And I'm going to read this. Read this in the King James. After this I looked and behold a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee these things which must be hereafter. You get these false teachings saying this symbolizes the church being taken to heaven. It doesn't say any of that in this verse. Uh, it's just what's going on is that John in a vision, he was in the spirit, and he was sent to heaven. All right, verse 2, Revelation 4, verse 2, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. So if you want to know what's in heaven, let's find out. There's a throne in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now, who is that that's sitting on the throne? Is that the Father, or is that the Word of God? Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Well, we'll see. Verse 3, And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper, and a sardine stone. People say, well, I don't know what God looks like. Well, here, let's, let's pay attention to this verse. It's telling you what he looks like, folks. All right, so Revelation 4, verse 3. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. So 
so pictured at. He wants you. This is the book of Revelation, not concealing, ladies and gentlemen. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to know what he looks like. He's not trying to hide himself. Verse 4, and round about the throne were 20 seats, or 24 seats. And upon the seats I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. So picture that. Picture this, this great being that looks like jasper and sardine stone and a rainbow about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Think of that glory. Think of this great being. He wants you to picture him like this. Why else is it in the book of Revelation? And then around him you have 24 seats. And upon the seats, you have these elders clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold, so they have responsibility. Verse 5, And out of the throne proceed lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. And let's not try to interpret this on our own. The Bible tells us what it is. These are the seven spirits of God. So God has seven spirits. There's seven lamps of fire, and there's seven spirits of God. Verse 6, And before the throne was a sea of glass, like unto crystal, and in the middle of the throne, and round about the throne, were four beasts, full of eyes before and behind. Verse 7, And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast like a flying eagle. This is what's in heaven, folks. Gives you a little picture anyway. Verse 8, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is is to come they say that continually they don't stop verse 9 and when these beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying in verse 11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were. Now, who is sitting on the throne? Let's look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. All right, so you have this great being sitting on the throne that looks like jasper and emeralds. He's bright and he has a rainbow around his throne, okay? And so he's sitting with a book written with, on the back side, sealed with seven seals. Now, Here's a scripture to prove to you that the being sitting on the throne is not the Messiah, folks. 
Revelation 5, verse 7. Actually, Revelation 5, verse 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the middle of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. Verse 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. All right, so let's, let's let the Bible interpret this. In verse 7 of Revelation chapter 5, it says that this individual who looked like a lamb, obviously is talking about the Messiah, he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. We get a description of this great being that sat upon the throne in Revelation chapter 4. So the being, obviously, that is sitting on the throne is the Father. The Messiah took the book from the right hand of the Father. This scripture proves that God the Father and God the Son are two separate beings. And you have people preaching that they're one being, and that's false teaching based on what I just told you. All right, so I'm going to go over Revelation chapter 5 next week, but I just wanted to point that out. Now, there's other scriptures that tells us what's in heaven, ladies and gentlemen. In particular, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to go over this slowly here. I'm going to read this in the King James. Hebrews 12, verse 22. But you are coming to Mount Zion and into the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So there, just like there's an earthly Jerusalem, there's a heavenly Jerusalem in heaven. So that's, that's in heaven. And then to an innumerable company of angels, that's in heaven. Verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 12, to the general assembly and, and, uh, of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, we, we know that God the Father is in heaven, the judge of all, and to the spirits, the literal spirits of just men made perfect or made complete. So the, the spirits of just men and women made perfect are in heaven. And Hebrews 12, verse 24, and to Jesus, so we, we know the Lamb of God is in heaven as well, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new agreement or covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speak of better things than of Abel. So again, the Bible tells us what's in heaven, and of course there's beasts in heaven, and in all indications there, there must be some spiritual animals, because in Revelation chapter 19, uh, Yeshua, Jesus, is coming back with all the saints and angels on horses. So obviously there, there must, there's horses in heaven and perhaps other animals in the spiritual essence in heaven. So, go over this. Uh, you have the heavenly Jerusalem, an innumerable company of angels, the general assembly and church of the firstborn, so these are people that um, are the first fruits that, that were born, and, and they, through their, their uh, obedience, uh, are allowed to enter the kingdom of God. Their spirits are in heaven, uh, and God the Father is in heaven, of course. And the spirits of just men made perfect are in heaven. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, he is also in heaven. Those 
that's all in heaven, plus you have the, the cherubim that were described in Revelation chapter 4 with, with eyes all around their bodies. You have the 24 elders in heaven. And you have, in Revelation chapter 19, you can read that, uh, you have at least horses um, in heaven as well because they're coming back to heaven riding on horses. So that's what's in heaven, ladies and gentlemen, according to your Bible. And uh, later on, there's gonna, I'm going to be giving a Bible study and writing about specifically what happens after you die. That's a big topic that people have. And I do. I think I do have that. Matter of fact, I do have it in the archives. You can look and see where that Bible study is at. But that's a that's a real deep Bible study, and I really don't have the time to go over that today. So anyway, I'm done. A short thirty minute program today. May Yah bless and keep you. And Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.